0: It's Friday, the 14th of May, 2021. Welcome to Fear and Greed, the business podcast that sets you up for a successful day. I'm Sean Aylmer. Tech stocks tumble as investors desert last year's darlings looking for better value elsewhere. That's our main story. Also coming up in today's podcast, Federal Opposition Leader Anthony Albanese presents an alternate budget which highlights affordable housing as an election issue. Crown Resorts edges towards winning a license to run a casino in New South Wales and why car companies are giving refunds to new vehicle buyers. Immediately after the podcast, stay listening for our chat with ad man Ben Willey about broadcasting and the tricky world of sports rights. But first, here's a brief look at markets. It was a better night on Wall Street after three down days. The S&P 500 was up 1.4%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was 1.5% higher. And the Nasdaq was trading 0.7% higher, although it still remained 7% below its peak of three weeks ago. European markets were lower, with London's FTSE down 0.6%, and the stock's Europe 600 closing 0.2% lower. The S&P ASX 200 fell again yesterday, down 0.9% to 6,983 points. That's three negative sessions in a row after hitting a record high on Monday. The boss is now back to where it was five weeks ago. Westpac and National Australia Bank went ex-dividend and their share prices fell more than 2%. The big miners fell back as iron ore prices came off their record highs. BHP and Rio were both down 1% and Fortescue was off 3%. Aristocrat Leisure fell 3% while Toll Road Group Transurban was off 2.7%. But again, the biggest falls came among the tech stocks. More of that shortly. Oil prices fell overnight after concerns over shortages in the U.S. receded. Gold prices were down over the past 24 hours, which is a bit surprising. The precious metal is broadly seen as an inflationary hedge, meaning that if inflation rises, then so too does gold. Much higher than forecast inflation in the U.S. on Wednesday night, all things being equal, should have sent gold prices higher. The Aussie dollar is trading at 77.3 US cents. It fell yesterday after the US inflation figures sent the greenback higher. Technology stocks have tumbled around the globe this week, aided by surprisingly strong inflation figures in the US, which triggered fears of interest rate hikes. Australian companies followed their North American and Asian counterparts, dropping sharply yesterday. Accounting software group Zero fell 13%, And is now down twenty percent for the past month. That was after disappointing investors about growth prospects. Buy now, pay later group Afterpay fell more than five percent yesterday and is off by one third during the past four weeks. Competitor Zipco hasn't done much better. Overall, the S and P ASX All Technology Index is down fourteen percent since the middle of April. Why the ferocious sell-off? Well, each stock has its own ecosystem, but above all that is fear of inflation. Remember, share prices are a reflection of expected future earnings. If price rises persist, central banks around the world will lift interest rates, and that could cool the economies. That's not good for future earnings. Obviously, that hits all companies. But in the case of tech stocks, it's particularly damaging because of what happened last year and early this year. On Wall Street, across Europe and Asia, and in Australia, tech indices hit record levels early in 2021. That's because COVID-19 accelerated growth in the use of technology by years. Things such as Zoom calls at home were supposed to gradually increase over the next 5 to 10 years. Instead, it happened almost instantly in 2020. So, tech stocks surged on that early adoption, but the world is getting back to normal. Where's the next surge in growth coming from for the tech stocks? Suddenly, based on future earnings growth, the tech stocks don't look anywhere near as attractive as many other companies, whose future earnings now look much brighter, given the rollout of vaccinations and economic rebound. Over the long term, quality technology stocks, like any quality stock, will do well. But whereas picking almost anything in that sector would work 12 months ago, investing in tech stocks is much tougher today. In a moment, the rest of the news you need to know this morning. In overseas news, the conflict in Gaza and Israel is escalating, with US President Joe Biden now involved in diplomatic efforts to end the violence. Hundreds of rockets have flown over the region in the past 48 hours, and a United Nations Security Council meeting has been requested for later tonight. Skirmishes in mixed neighbourhoods in Israel have also broken out. At least 87 people have been killed so far, including 18 children in just four days. Bloomberg is reporting that Colonial Pipeline, that's the 5,500 mile pipeline in the US that was hacked cutting fuel supplies along the East Coast, paid a $5 million ransom to the hackers to get fuel flowing again. The report says the company paid the ransom in untraceable cryptocurrency, but the decrypting tool provided was too slow, so they paid the money and got nothing for it. Last night, fuel started to flow again after Colonial rebooted its own system using backup software. And Elon Musk, head of Tesla, said the electric vehicle manufacturer wouldn't, would not, accept Bitcoin to purchase cars, blaming the large amount of energy used in the process of managing Bitcoin. It was quite a reversal given just five weeks ago, he announced with much fanfare that buyers could use Bitcoin. It sent the cryptocurrency down more than 10% to as low as U.S. dollars a unit, though it has come back a bit. The currency was also hurt by higher-than-expected inflation figures. Over the past month, the value of Bitcoin is down 23%. Locally, the federal opposition provided its response to the government's budget last night. With an election probably less than a year away, it was Anthony Albanese's chance to provide his view of the future. The centrepiece of his budget was a $10 billion future fund to build 30,000 low-cost houses. It also included money for apprenticeships in the clean energy sector and criminalisation of wage theft. As much as anything, Mr Albanese's speech set out some of the issues the next election will be fought over. Affordable housing, jobs, aged care, equality for women, and taxation. Federal Treasurer Josh Frydenberg said the assumption in the federal budget on Tuesday night that all Australians would have access to a vaccine by the end of the year was just that, an assumption. It wasn't policy. So far, close to three million jabs have been administered. Meanwhile, there were no new cases of community-transmitted COVID-19 across the nation yesterday. Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan eased restrictions in his state, which have been in place for the past fortnight. The federal government is expected to announce a plan to build a gas-fired power station in the Hunter Valley early next week. According to planning documents, the plant will run on both gas and diesel, making it pretty carbon-intensive. But if hydrogen technology becomes available, it will be able to adapt. It's expected to cost $610 million and come online by the end of 2023. Hmm, it's a tricky dance matching future energy needs and supply, but a whole new plant? Crown Resorts, which is under takeover offer, got some good news yesterday, taking a step closer to gaining a license to operate in New South Wales. It's made commitments to the state's independent Liquor and Gaming Authority, which include paying a portion of the costs of Commissioner Patricia Bergen's inquiry into the gaming company last year, paying a casino supervision levy, abandoning all international junket partnerships, adopting a cashless gaming model, and phasing out indoor smoking, according to media reports. ALGA Chair Philip Crawford said Crown could satisfy the regulator by the end of the year, allowing it to get a license subject to several audits. The cash ban on the casino floor was likely to be followed by Star Entertainment Group as well. Treasury Wines, owner of Penfolds, held an investor day yesterday and, according to media reports, wants to push its flagship brand into the lofty company of luxury brands like Mercedes, Hennessy and Gucci. Treasury has been trying to reinvent its business, or at least find new customers, since China effectively banned wine imports last November. Part of that strategy is pushing Penfolds, which accounts for two-thirds of total earnings of the Treasury Group, higher up the food chain, so to speak. It means working closer with independent liquor retailers and pushing into new markets, including Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam and Singapore. I mentioned Xero earlier in the show. The accounting software group said revenue rose 18% and subscribers surged, pushing pre-tax profit up nearly 40% for the 2021 financial year. While the group has 2.74 million subscribers, the rate of growth has slowed, particularly in the United Kingdom. Boss Steve Vamos was upbeat about the group's prospects, saying small business would drive economic growth. Zero is a top 25 company worth more than $17 billion, but its share price yesterday was hammered, down 13%. Agribusiness and processing group GrainCorp said underlying earnings for the six months to the end of March were up more than 35% and the group upped its full year guidance. The company paid a dividend whereas there was no payout 12 months ago. Strong growing conditions underpinned the result thanks to good rains during the period. Interesting company GrainCorp, it basically stores grains and other agricultural commodities and sells them. Critical business for rural Australia, a bit like the back office and logistics part of a farm. New South Wales Families Minister Gareth Ward is being investigated over allegations of sexual violence, dating sometime after 2013. New South Wales detectives have established a task force. Mr Ward last night said he hadn't been contacted by the police, but stood aside from his role. He denies the allegations. It's the second cabinet minister to step down in three months from the Berejiklian government. The legal entity housing the Presbyterian Church of Queensland has been placed into receivership, The organisation runs aged care facilities, schools, congregations and other community services, and moderator of the entity, Dr Philip Strong, said the decision was regrettable but necessary. Explosive Group Orica said first-half net profit tumbled 54% on the back of a 9% fall in revenue. Ongoing COVID-19 disruptions, geopolitical tensions and the stronger dollar have hurt the company. The result was expected, the company warned investors of the fall back in February. Mining Services Group Prenti Global Limited's share price fell 28%, 28%, wow, after it warned that the strengthening Australian dollar and the COVID-19 pandemic would hurt earnings in the current six months. Basically, it faces higher wages, a stronger currency, and COVID-19 is hurting demand in some of the regions it serves. And finally, buyers of new cars are being offered refunds amid huge blowouts in waiting times for vehicles to be delivered, according to a report in the Financial Review. Shutdowns in overseas factories means waiting times for new cars of up to six months. Add to that, a global shortage in semiconductors and buyers aren't happy. Kia Motors is among the most affected with some buyers having to wait six months. Alternatively, Kia is offering them a refund. Keep listening because after this episode is the Fear and Greed Daily interview. And today we're looking at some pretty huge things happening in the world of sport and broadcast rights. Amazon just paid a billion dollars in the US to broadcast Thursday Night Football, which raises the question, is Australian sport next on the list for the tech giants, with very deep pockets and a desire for more content? We're talking to Ben Willey from Spinach Advertising Agency about what's happening in that space and what it means for advertising as well. It's Friday, the 14th of May, 2021. I'm Sean Aylmer, and that was Fear and Greed. Enjoy your day.